Today's episode is with a friend of mine. He's from Chicago. He goes by the name Mr. Hughes. I used to know him as Lil Tone. He's a multi-talented dude. He's an MC, videographer, photographer, writer, graphic designer, mentor, and a fashion designer. Can't wait to ask him about the fashion designer part. And here he is. My boy. Hold on, man. Before you even start, let me give you your introduction, man. Hand you your flowers right now, right now. Man, ladies and gentlemen, this guy right here, I got to say one of the first people I've met when I really first started doing music back in 06. I'm talking about, bro, I remember the first time I sent you perform, and your style of music was so different. I'm from Chicago, so, you know, my, the sound I heard was completely different from what I heard when I was in Minnesota. And I, I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, if these ain't so lyrics, I remember you saying you came in like, I was walking in the streets with a pocket full of sunshine, and I instantly stopped. Dude, I forgot about that song. I actually, actually no, I didn't forget about that song. I, I actually recently thought about that song because, you know, you've you've heard of the MC idea from St. Paul, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I actually performed that song in front of him, and I was a huge fan of his, and I was, like, scared shitless. So that's crazy you remember that. Man, bro, it, it's crazy that I remember. I remember a lot of things, man, and... Your sound always stood out to me. And if I had to be honest, I remember asking uh, C4, and I'm like, I'm like, who is that cat? He like, uh, he go by B-Mix C. He like, he do care. The way they, they, he was describing your music, he was like, uh, this is my first time actually hearing, quote unquote, backpack hip hop. Right. You see what I was saying? So I'm like, okay. Because it's completely different from what I'm used to. And as I started digging into your uh, your archive, man, you got a lot of uplifting shit, bro. And I love it, man. I Thanks, love that man. a lot, bro. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, show love to Mr. Nice Guy himself. Be yeah. motherfucking mixie. Excuse me. I ain't even asked you if, if you if it's filtered or not. Oh, That's dude. It. Curse all you want, man. <laughs> I, I I ain't got no potty mouth, but you know sometimes <laughs> I get excited, man. I ain't talked to you in years, brother. How you been? Man, I appreciate that. That was the first uh, time somebody actually introduced me. So we, we don't even have to do an intro, really. I mean, nah. let's just get right into it. So, yo, bro. Talk Mis- to me. Mr. Talk Hughes. To me. Mr. Hughes. Yes, sir. Man, uh, or as I know you as uh, Lil Tone. Lil Tone, man. You know what was crazy about that name, brother? When I never was a little dude, man. But, I know, man, you never people, were. <laughs> never was a little dude, but that's what I went by, man. You know, came a long way now, man. I don't know if it was 06 that I met you. Uh, It had to have been like 07 or 08. Were you recording at Jake's place with Mingy or were you recording at IPR? Do you remember? When me and when we started recording with Mingy, shout out to Mingy by the way, shout man. Out to Mingy. One of the first, the first engineers that had my shit sounded perfecto, man. For real. Um, the first time we, I, I feel like we started recording. It might have been at Jake's house first, because once we started getting IPR, I started to get real comfortable behind performing, and and by that time, I realized the difference from actually performing. Like as far as recording and performing as on stage, man, there's two different, two different atmospheres, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's two different lanes. Yeah, man. 
That's crazy. It, then it must have been around that time then because Mingi started going to IPR in like late 04, early 05. So it must have been around 2006, 07, I guess then. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. it was that long ago because I'm thinking like, I'm thinking back in the day, like 2009 when I started recording Mr. Nice Guy, but it was way before that. Because yeah, if, if you're talking Pocket Full of Sunshine, like that song would have been like 2006. That's crazy. Bro, that was your, if I had to be honest, because we did a few shows together, man. I feel like that was like one of your hitters. Anytime you performed that, Joe, you had the crowd rocking. And I kid you not, I'm talking about from the people that came to support you, from the people that didn't know you. A lot of people was, you know, they was mind blown, like hearing that shit too. Because you got to think about it. I'm in the crowd observing. And, you know, so I noticed a lot of people getting that same reaction I got. Like, it, it was, it's like a breath of fresh air, bro. Honestly, that song to me, it was like one of those type of joints where, shit, just when you thought you was going to have a, a, a piece of shit ass day, you pop, that's that's that uplifting, everlasting type of music, man. That's, I love shit like that. That's what's Real up. Talk. That's, that's why I remember it, bro. Real talk. Did you ever have a, a copy of that? Did I ever give you a copy of that? Because we had it recorded, but. Fuck no, man. man. Fuck no. I, I was going to ask you. I can't remember. I think we recorded it, but I don't know if it ever got finished. I know we we did it live like a handful of times, probably, but I think it just got lost in the mix somewhere, man. I would love to hear that again because I haven't heard that in ages. That's crazy you brought that up, too, because I was literally just thinking about that song not too long ago. That's crazy. Bro, I have, man, look, and it's funny you say that, like, as an artist, I'm pretty sure every artist go through this, man. We lose so much of shit through yep. throughout so many hard drives, bro. You have no idea how many songs I wish I could listen to right now or instrumentals that I receive I could yep. play right now. And I can't hear none of that shit. All I have is a memory of it, bro. I just got to get into this story real quick. Have you heard of the producer Science? He ended up producing for like Jay-Z and like J. Cole and stuff like that. That name sounds very, very familiar. He actually. had a hit with Neo. I think it was called Angel. And he did Angel? Yeah, he he did Angel. So he, he's a dude, his name's Reggie Perry, and Mingy actually met him at IPR. Um, he was playing piano in this coffee shop that was connected to IPR. And uh, so Mingy heard this dude just playing piano, and Mingy like, got his coffee or whatever and walked out, and then he's like, I should go back in there and talk to this dude. So he goes back in, and the dude was, like, leaving out the the other door. So Mingy, like, yeah. chased this dude down. Something inside him was just like, I need to talk to this guy. So he, he went up to him and was like, yo, I heard you playing piano in there. I'm You know, I go to school. I'm, I'm an engineer. And gave him, like, his card. And he ended up giving uh, Mingy a CD that Mingy gave to me and was like, yo, this producer makes beats. Uh, you should, you know, maybe use some of them or whatever. And he only wanted, like, 100, 200 maybe at the time per beat but i was broke as a joke like i couldn't even afford that so i was like man these beats are dope but i i can't afford it like no kidding like a year later um he goes and he produces um you know that song hollywood by jay-z with jay-z and beyonce he produced that song i hear that song and find out that he did it and i'm like holy shit and it's crazy how like how close you are you be with those type of people you don't even know it half the damn time bro yeah it's it's crazy man just just uh, it really taught me to just kind of i mean i had a lot of moments like that but nowadays i'm like any opportunity i have i don't want to miss it anymore you know 
Take it as a sign, bro. Honestly, that's one of those scenarios where you see, you see actually live and directly that you can be in the same room with those same elite people without even trying. Yep. So just imagine how it is when you actually apply effort to your craft. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like we all, all I don't care what nobody say. Every artist at some point in time doubt their craft. They doubt themselves and doubt their craft. It could be a hard time in life or it could just be one of them days like, man, I don't feel like doing this shit. You know what I mean? So a lot could go with that, but only the true people that's devoted and know and understand their worth is going to keep at it. Because sometimes it's so easy for people to allow outside influences to keep bringing you further down, further down. Before you know it, everything that you was passionate about, it just become a memory. Yep. You have no, think about it, bro. And I bet you, I bet this goes for you too. Think about how many people you may know that's extremely fucking dope and, and some type of talent, but they don't take it serious at all. Oh yeah. Tons. Drives that's me crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. And it's like, man, bro, you could be, you could make so much money. And it's just like, man, nah, man, life happened. I ain't really thinking about that shit. Yep. It's like, wow. You know what I mean? So I support you, bro. And I applaud you to see you even doing something like this. I feel like, for me as an artist just chiming in with you, it's definitely expanded just my audience, people getting in tune. But also I feel like this is helpful on both ends of the party, just as far as just freedom of expression. Yep. Because we come we coming into modern society now, bro. Yep. It's almost like a sin to have an opinion. Right. You got to apologize behind every fucking thing you say. Yep, exactly. That's crazy, crazy man. Bro. That's exactly the the point, man, is is to bring, you know, connect people to each other and connect people to audiences and stuff like that and just have these one-on-one conversations because, you know, because obviously, like, I, you, you live in Chicago, so, you know, I can't just, yep. like, drive down there, and especially during COVID, you know, I'm just, like, I'm not out there like that. So, you know, the, I think this is a very important avenue for me um, to still have those, you know, conversations and to get, you know, people absolutely shown to other audiences and stuff like that. So, man... Um, I kind of want to dive into your history. Uh, when did you start rapping? I mean, like you, you're from Chicago and you, you like right away. I, I'm like, this dude has a very, like, you had a Chicago sound even back in like, Oh six. Yeah. I was like, he, he has that Chicago sound that like fast rap, um, Twista. I could tell like do or die. Uh, I could just hear your influences in your voice, you know, Absolutely. W- without you even having to tell me. So yeah. Uh, how'd you get your start? How old were you? Man, so to really dig into that, before I actually started like writing music, I was the I was the quiet kid at elementary school, never really spoke unless spoken to, but I was like mysterious. The girls I always wanted to know who he was. So I used to always write poems for girls and just draw. So those were my two top first talents. I used to always draw and write poems. Now, what got me into actually creating music. Of course, like you said, some of my influences like Do or Die, Crucial Conflict, Twister, yep. you know, Lupe, the list could go on. Um, because Do or Die and Twister, you know, they had the tongue twisting style. Yep. In my mind, I feel like that was one of the most difficult styles to learn, but I was so infatuated with it, as well as Bone Thug and Harmony. So back in the days, you know, when we still had the cassette tapes, what I used to yep. do, this was my homework. I sit down, you know. Probably play Pope Pimpin' or something. As they rapping, I write the lyrics down, stop, rewind, 
then I'm spitting it with them till I, till I had to pick it back up, you know? So I started, in my mind, I started to think like, you know what? Let me substitute their words and put my own. Before I knew it, brother, at this probably time, if I had to be honest with you, I probably was like maybe 14. My very first rap, I actually typed it on the computer. And it's like, I'm a man of many talents. I done, I, I, I done did it all. I'm still doing it all. Yeah. But so when I tapped into the music, the 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 uh the artist creativity as far as creating music, like writing, I, I've been doing that for a while. But if I had to be honest with you, the very first time I recorded was in 2006. I moved to I moved to uh, Minnesota after my freshman year of high school, like mid sophomore year. I started to go to Osseo Senior High. Oh, okay. That's how you knew C4 then. That's how I met C4 at the time. Okay, he, he barely went to school. Yep. But when I seen him, you know, we linked up. Um, and before I knew it, Fo introduced me. I remember going to like a 4th of July party he had. And that was the first time I went to like a live a live party where I just seeing local artists get down. And I was infatuated. I'm like, man, I want to be part of that. Before I knew it, here I am recording with Mindy, man. Hell yeah. 2006 was the very first time I actually laced anything. But prior to that, I've been writing. I've been a writer, man, since a kid. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm thinking back to those those sessions because, you know, I didn't have my driver's license, but Mingy used to always want me to roll with to the studio and stuff. So he would he would come pick me up and we just roll and. I remember mixing your guys' project and the input that Mingy used to allow me to have on on that stuff. And, like, I remember just, like, I can't remember what song it was, but it was my favorite song. And I remember, like, adding this – or d- deciding that we should add this one part to it, and it just elevated the whole shit. And that's when, like, I really realized that, like, damn, maybe, like, I could be a producer. Maybe I could. Like, that was actually, like – I didn't really think about it until now. It's, like, it's crazy how it's kind of come full circle because that, that really, like – Bro, I thank you all the time. I thank you all the time because honestly, Hard Times was one that that was my that was my solo track on the project. That, that was Hard Times, out. right? Yep. Yeah. And every time I hear that song, I always thank Mingy and I always thank you. Because both of y'all took y'all time on making that shit sound per- perfect, man. Yeah. That song itself got me in a local magazine out there in Minnesota. I only remember the name of the magazine, Joe. Oh, Cypher? There you go. Yeah, I still remember that. That's crazy, you know. So like, I didn't, I ain't prepared for that. I, I keep in mind, I'm a, I'm a dude from Chicago, you know, from the urban community. You feel me? I ain't never experienced that type of exposure. So you know, I, man, like I said, I be lost the words every time I hear that song, man, because every time I used to see Miggy, like, man, that fucking hard times, bro. That's yeah. how you used to say that fucking hard time. That bro. was my like, jam, yeah. dude. That was my shit, yeah. man. Like, I love that song. Yeah. And me and Mingy both, we we just like we literally like you guys weren't even there, and we, like every time we we play, we just be like sitting there, just like bobbing our heads as we're mixing it. Like we just loved working on it, bro. Like that was that was a a pleasure to even work on that track, man. I mean that was that shit was hard. Do you still have that? All right, so I'm going to have to do one special. When we get done, just uh, text me your address. I got very few actual hard copies left. That's what's up. I would love a hard copy. That would be dope. Right, yeah, you. I got very few hard copies left, man. So it's like, you know, throughout the years, over time, we lost a lot, man. But I was able to keep a hold of some valuable pieces, you know. If anything, if I have any regrets as an artist, 
during the during the rise that me and C4 was having in Minnesota, I think my only regret is not taking control when I should have. Yeah. My mindset back then, to be honest with you, I was so in tune as being the artist. I wanted to create the music. I wanted to perform. I wanted to entertain. Not really thinking about the behind the scenes, the business part of the thing. So because I didn't take control, I allowed a lot of shit to go left, man. Yep. And I can and I as a man, I can admit my my fault, my wrongdoing on that behalf. I wish I I wish I took control when I had the opportunity to. Real talk, because I saw, I mean, the potential was there, man. The fucking potential was oh, there, yeah. man. It, at one point, I say from 2006 to like 2010, man, Minnesota was busting on the music. You had D Mixie out there, you had C4 Tone. You had the dump stars. You had Sandman out there. Sandman, like, yep. I, I could keep going, brother. You know, that's another dude that back uh, down the line of the music. Sandman engineered a lot of stuff for us too, man. I I loved working with Sandman as well, man. Yeah, Absolutely. he's he's a dude that stayed consistent. He's out in ATL, and I think he got like a master's degree or something now. Like yeah, that dude thing, is a bro. smart dude. He's he's still out there. I think he's still engineering. I think he's still. I I never really got yeah. to know him. We we talked in passing sometimes, but like I never really. That's one regret. Like I, you know, he was still working at IPR because I ended up going to IPR uh, ten years after Mingy did. Uh, right. So like, I just you know I just graduated with my last degree last year. Graduated with my Congrats, first. My boy. Thanks, man. Congrats. Graduated with my first one like four years ago, but he was still working there. Sandman was still working there when I first started there, but I didn't really like you know I I talked to him like he. I, I told him who I was and stuff, but he didn't really remember me. And like, it, you know, we just never really connected, but that's a dude that's super talented for sure. I, I think he would definitely, if you were, if you were to reach out to him, you know, to participate in the podcast, I definitely think he would do it. King Sandman is definitely a humble dude. You know, always, he was always like a big brother to me, honestly, you know, plenty of time. I don't crash that his career. We don't kick it outside of music, you know, like, He'll definitely humble down to earth and very open minded to whatever conversation you want to bring to the table. So yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, we have a lot of mutual friends, so I'm sure I could get him on here. Um, but bro, back to you. So um, I was on your Facebook and like I was reading the stuff that you do, and I didn't even realize that you did half these things. So I just gotta like read the <laughs> list. So you're an MC, videographer, photographer, fashion designer, uh, writer graphic designer and mentor so bro fashion designer you got your own line oh, man art attic apparel my boy stay tuned the website is almost ready uh about up. to start taking that pre-orders real soon like man bro like the thing when you met me i told you i was an artist before i'm a well-rounded artist is the best way to define yep. me. I, i'm a man of many talents bro uh, but like i said i used to draw first it was one point in time I actually put the drawing aside because, you know, I let the streets get the best of me at one point in time. So it became a memory. It took for me when I'm, I've been back home in Chicago the last five years now, actually. Yeah. Um, um, so when I moved back, I had met this girl fast forward. She ended up getting me a job uh, as a youth counselor, you know, just to put some extra bread in my pocket, That's you dope. know. And I can't, I can't even lie to you, bro. The crazy thing about this, Joe, this was probably like the best job I ever had. The only downfall is you can't make a living off of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But 
working with them kids, man, and just being able to get in tune with different diverse culture backgrounds with the kids, getting in tune with the parents, bro, that just, they, it's like they motivated me to get back into my creative bag as well as I didn't realize this was a, a point of time I didn't understand my own worth. I didn't realize how inspirational I could be to not only just kids, but to adults as well, which led to me from time to time on my free time. I used to go to a lot of the urban areas, uh, YMCA, talking to the teens, talking to the youth, to just let them know that it's somebody here in in the corner whenever they need them. As long as I could just continue to spread that love, let them know I'm here when needed, I'm going to continue to do so because, you know, like, Make no mistake, man. I think, you know, my whole motto is just positivity. Stay positive, be productive. But even with even with me saying that, there's moments I, you know, I can get in my negative bag, but it took a lot of years of learning how to control shit. You know what I'm saying? So and I'm leading and I'm leading by example right now. So the fashion design, my boy, to come back to that, man, that's just part of me, another form of me being able to express my freedom of expression as an artist. You know what I'm saying? So I can't wait to show y'all this exclusive shit I got for y'all, man. The photography, videography, bro. I Man, I've been doing that for years. Graphic design for years. Like what made me pick up the camera, if I had to be honest with you, bro, um, the very first person I paid to do a music video for me. Uh, I, I remember the whole conversation, short and sweet. Uh, he was saying he was charged 500 at first. And I like, I ain't got that type of money. He he came back to me like, you know what? I'll do it for you for three. I'm like, all right. So we agreed to, I pay you half up front and I pay you the other half after the product is done. As we shot the video, that day went well, you know, but I'm just, I'm just keeping in mind, I'm asking him to do multiple things for the video as we shooting the video. When we came back with the product, brother, I promise to God, man, if you would have seen the video, the video probably it actually might still be on YouTube. I might have to send you the link. But yeah, if you see, if you seen that video, bro, you're gonna be like, no, $300 for this shit. Keep in mind, he said five at first. You know, so it's like when I seen that, I'm like, fuck no, man. That's what made me pick up the camera. It was that bad. Bro. I man, I, I can't wait to uh, man. I, when I show you the video, you just get back to me. You let me know what you think. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I promise, I promise you, bro. It wasn't worth the price at all. So when I when I seen that shit, I like you know what? I wanna. I, I told myself I wanna develop the skill assets to be able to do anything and everything that I could do on my own without having to depend on the next person. That doesn't mean I'm not gonna fuck with those that's that's certified because that's still I know a handful of people that's that's cold at what they do. But hypothetically speaking, if I say B Mixes, I wanna record, and you say, Man, I can't record right now, bro. Like, man, you know, some shit going down. I bet. Nine out of ten, I'm gonna have some shit set up where I can record myself. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I just take the I take my files and get it mixed as, elsewhere. Things of that nature. Just just being able to not close yourself in. Yep. Pretty, pretty much, bro. So I'm all over the place, man. Sometimes I struggle with balance, and I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's that's me too, man. I mean, I I I'm sure you saw, but I started a record label um, 
like five, six years ago called Nice Entertainment. And you was one of the first to do it, to be exact, as far as as far as the people I know in the music game. You were one of the first to actually do that shit. That's what's and hold it down for as long as you did as well. Yeah, I did. I did for a while. So yeah, I mean, I, but the problem was like, like you said, like I was wearing too many hats. It was really hard for me to balance. And especially once 2020 hit, I, I just, I kind of had to just like refocus and, uh, you know, pivot like I have so many times. So I turned nice Guy entertainment into my personal brand. Um, which, which, I mean, it, it's, it always has been my brand, but you right. know, now, now it's, it's just my avenue to be able to explore the different creative things that I do, like doing this podcast and, um, me and some buddies started this sound, uh, company, uh, coming out with sounds for producers to make beats with, uh, sample I saw, packs I saw that. I yeah. saw that. That was actually, that's actually pretty clever, bro. Man, pretty it's clever. dope. It's dope. Um, and just the different different partnerships that I'm forming with people. Like, uh, I partnered with uh, my buddy V, uh, Vanless Lemonade, and uh, he, he started his own lemonade company. So I'm trying to help him sell that. And he's just like given a percentage, but we're going to put all the money that, because he's a singer too. So we're going to put all the money that I help him make back into a studio. So then that's, we'll, that's dope as hopefully fun, we'll be able wow. to build a studio. Um, I mean, probably not anytime soon. It's going to take a lot of work, but, um, but yeah, so we're hoping to, to have like a facility where, you know, I can bring artists and he can like cook up his lemonade and like all that stuff, like in one building. And yeah, so I'm trying to do all these different things, these endeavors. And I had a group of artists and, and they're, they're all friends of mine. And they're all dope, but I kind of had to, I had to do some uh, soul searching and just realize like why I'm doing this and kind of get back to, to the love of it. And, you know, I was, I was noticing the record label side of things was bringing me more stress than anything. So let me ask you this, since you had the experience as being the, the owner of a record label, what do you feel like was the biggest, the biggest issue you dealt with? Cause in my mind, I figure, I figure like working the record label is almost equivalent to just being in a group. It's just dealing with multiple egos and shit. Yep. Yeah, that that was that was really challenging keeping people on deadlines and stuff like that, and also at coming up with clever ways to promote everybody. So that was a challenge to kind of go through every single project and figure out what we could do to cleverly market it and stuff like that. But right. um, we we did some really dope stuff, man. I mean, we uh, I booked like I don't know, like thirty to forty shows um, on my own, or not like all on my own, but mostly like w with a business partner too. Um, mm -hmm. We we put out like probably ten albums, did a bunch of different promo videos, music videos. That's a great accomplishment, bro. That's a big fucking accomplishment. Thanks, man. That's that's great, bro. And I didn't really think about it right now until, well, I mean, I I, I guess I did, but I didn't really think about really how good of an experience it was. And um, I, I guess I kind of had a negative look on it for a little while. I, I guess I was a little bummed out for a little while that we never popped off like that. But the, the stuff that I was able to do it is dope. And we like with the people that came to the shows, we, we had some pretty loyal fans and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that one day I'll be able to, you know, maybe if I end up building that studio, I can start it again and kind of, start mentoring artists again and putting out artists under like a record label type thing. I mean, like you, like you said, you know, you, you like, I tell people all the time, it's more than just like buying LLCs or just trying to get a, a name. You have to become your brand. 
Yep. And that's all you that's all you really doing. So it's like that's true. It might, it might not work out for you how you wanted it to then, but like what you doing now, all you're doing is bringing everything back in full circle, bro. That's true. That's a good point. I'm doing the same shit, bro. Like I told you, I have a hard time balancing sometimes because I got my hands in everything, bro. Like I, I even like 2020 been a piece of shit for everybody. But if I had to speak on the pro, I all 2020 I've been making number smart investments. Like, bro, I man, I wish I knew about the stock market and cryptocurrency years ago. I wish I knew that shit. You gotta I, man, school me I mean, on that, bro. You got to teach me that stuff. It ain't never too late. I'm telling you right now, get on the wave. Whack. I, I'm going to tell you, one thing's for sure, if I don't know nothing at all, the, the value of the U.S. dollar is decreasing, people. It's decreasing. Yep, that's what I've heard. They, they, they looking for fast money transactions. That's where the crypto come in. Just, I mean, that's just food for thought. You know, that's a whole other episode, man. Yeah, but, definitely. You know what I'm saying? But just learning little things like that, man, it just continue, um, just continue to make me twice as dumb in it, man. Like, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come for myself because a lot of times I can't predict what's coming for myself. It's like I'm good at planning, but sometimes not having the plan is a plan too, man. Yep. And that shit just and lay out right, man. It's just yep. perfect. Yeah, that's that's kind of my mentality too. I'm I'm definitely a lot more positive, and I'm I have a lot uh I guess less expectations these days. Like I I expect you know good things to come, but I'm all about just doing the work right now. You know, right. not not really worried about like like oh you know I'm not exactly where I want to be in life. You know because I made X Y and Z decision. Like I'm not even worried about that anymore. I'm I'm just like I I know what the work that lies ahead. I know where I want to try to get this podcast. I know where I want to try to get my samples. Like I finally have like a reason why I'm doing this stuff, you know? Absolutely. Let that be your drive, bro. Because as long as you have that state of mind, all you're going to want for yourself is more for the better. Just continue to grow, continue to grow. Like a lot of times people be bummed about shit not happening the way they want it to happen in the past, but you, you missing the key element. It's yep. the past. What about now? Yep. It's never too late. You know what I'm saying? So like I tell people all the time, because you in your thirties, because you in your forties don't mean you can't, don't mean you should stop shooting for your goals. Yeah, as long no. as you still breathing, you can keep shooting for that shit, man. For real. Yeah, no I'm doubt. trying to look, I'm trying to set myself up, bro. If I could just sit back with my feet up by the time I'm 40, that's great. So when is your clothing drop? Our Attic Apparel is definitely dropping this year. Uh, my original plan, I wanted to have have it launch on the release of my website, which I was originally trying to launch uh, on my birthday that just passed, uh, December 29th. Oh, happy late birthday, bro. Appreciate you, my boy. You know, but um, one, you can't rush art. And then two, yeah. I had got a little bit under the weather, man. I had fucking... Got a bad case of acid reflex and and about this term I had I got caught that the too. GERD. I caught the GERD, bro. Yep. This shit is so fucking uncomfortable, bro. I yep. promise to God, this shit is uncomfortable, man. It's like I got like it feel like I'm just bloating at the top of my stomach half the time. Like I got to let off this big ass burp, but I can't. Yep. I had you the same I mean? thing. So, yep. Like, how did you get over it? Besides, you know, because like. I don't eat crazy as it is. If anything, I ain't eating enough. 
But like the doctor tried to explain, like just as we get older over time, your body just sometimes collect the acid and it's trying to find a way to release itself. So my question to you is, how did like what methods you went by to like deal with it? Like what were you taking and shit like that? Cause the sooner I can get this shit out of my fucking system, bro, that would be great. This shit is very uncomfortable. Well, um, I mean, do you cut yourself off as far as like what you eat like at a certain time at night? All right, so to keep it honest with you, if I had to say any flaw I have with myself, it's like I said, I don't eat enough. So I probably could eat one meal that day, but I but I could be snacking like a motherfucker, Joe. Yeah. I smoke. So if anything, that's probably that probably could fuck me up, you know, especially not I'm a Doritos guy. That could yep. fuck me up. Eat Doritos at 12, 12, 1 o'clock at night, yep. you know. Yeah, so my my thing, and I've never talked about this on here, so that's crazy that we're getting to this. Um, so I don't know if you have this, but like, I'll wake up and it's really gross, but um, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it'll be like like I'm trying to like vomit, you know? So like it'll like, mm. it, but it's like coming from like acid stuff. Yeah. Um, so like, but I realize that it, it's always when I eat, like after like eight or nine. So like I have to cut myself off. Like I'm probably gonna have dinner after this, but like that's like the latest that I'll eat dinner. So like if if I if right. I don't do that, like it won't happen. Um at at night. But I had this I had this also had this weird thing, um and not to get too graphic, but uh, it was it it was related to all that I think. But it it's called uh, um uh small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and basically it was this this thing where the bacteria was in a different part of my intestine than it was like supposed to be so it was causing all this havoc of like just wreaking havoc and uh, what i was doing like i i became sick in august of last year and it didn't go away for like four months and i had this constant like stomach like gut rot almost like like pretty much what you're describing kind of and my thing was like i and i don't know if this is what did it but or if it was just a coincidence but i I drank kombucha like every day because my girlfriend was always like, you need probiotics, you need probiotics. And so I was drinking kombucha constantly. And when I stopped drinking kombucha, that's when that stopped. So basically, yeah. So basically the kombucha was adding like fuel to the fire. So basically Mm. like what, what I read is the kombucha was like the bacteria was already there. So the kombucha was just adding more to it. So right, every time I was right. drinking it, it was it was just making it worse, and I didn't realize it. So I I stopped that completely. But yeah, for me, it's really like like I have to really really keep my diet in check, and I have to stay on my exercise grind. Otherwise, like I have major stomach and just digest digestion issues just in general. So because if this if this is just telling me to get my ass back in the gym, you ain't got to tell me twice, brother. I was, oh, yeah. I'm definitely, that's definitely the plan. It's just like, gosh, this shit is so fucking uncomfortable, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, the sooner this get over with, it'll be over with. But, you know, I, I scheduled an appointment for my doctor uh, next week. So, all is well. I pray everything will go right well. So, we can get off that subject, man. Yeah, but definitely, definitely food for thought for people out there that might be dealing with this issue. Take this insight. Think of the things that would be soothing for your stomach. Stay away and only eat low acid food. I know that yep. for sure. Yep. Yeah, we good, brother. No doubt. Um, 
Man, I'm excited for the the stuff you got coming up, though, man. Uh, are you so? Are you still putting out music? Are you still doing the solo ah, stuff? Now you talking, my brother. Now you're talking. All right, man. So I feel like uh, a solo project for Mr. Hughes been anticipated, but since since the very first time I actually recorded, I never recorded the solo project, and this year is about to be the first time, brother. That's the what's first up. time I have. Um, so far, I have, uh, I have five, I have eight, like eight songs written up, but I feel like five of them in particular I'm gonna use. The sixth one for sure I'm gonna use is definitely you hearing it first off of one of your beats, my boy. To be exact, the beat you sent me, man, I love this. I love. First off, your your archive of beats is so fucking dope, bro. I love your beats anyway. Hell yeah, that's what's up. I haven't recorded in about a year and some change. The funny thing, being a group of guys, we built the booth at my homie basement like uh, a few years back when I first moved back out here. But I have, I personally haven't recorded in about a year. So I'm like overwhelmed. I'm super excited. Like like I said, it's my very first official solo project. Like I've been listening to people for years since I started doing music. Even the people that try to, you know, like I could say this, I don't have people come to me a few times be like, man, bro, no disrespect. I like C4, man, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I really wish I, you did the song, this song, a particular song yourself, or, man, when you coming up with a solo project, or just people that normally grown up with me, like, man, so you need to put out that, you need to pull out that solo project, bro, because everybody know you got it, and it's like, if I had to be honest, this me accepting, accepting a flaw of mine in the past. One of the biggest flaws in my, my uh, about myself in the past was I was too much of a team player. And when I say that, I'm saying it in the terms of I always used to put my own personal goals in the back burner because I saw the potentials of what yep. uh, what it could have been with a group. Rather it yep. was like uh, rather it was with music, whether it was with yep. a relationship with my girl in the past, whatever. I always put my full focal point on on that person or whatever we was focused on, and I always ignored my own craft. You know yep, what I'm saying? That was me with a record label, bro. That was exactly it. That shit crazy, bro. And before yep. you know it, you realize, you realize the whole time while you while you trying to push forward with this situation, you actually hurting yourself right now. Yep. Real yeah, that, that was That was my thing, man. That was exactly my thing. Like, I, I was way too nice, and I was working on way too many people's, you know, careers and projects without you know expecting any money and anything like that and putting my time and even my money like into all everybody else's goals but mine and i bet you half the time when you was doing that shit you probably felt like half the time the people you was investing it was very fucking ungrateful yeah i mean i mean not always i mean i definitely i i def i definitely know like i got real ones still in my corner and stuff like that but yeah i guess i could say i could say yeah um when i look in the past at certain people not to throw anybody under the bus, but, but yeah, man. And so that's, that's another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. You know, uh, just getting back to, to loving myself and loving my craft and, and, you know, rediscovering my love for production. And even, I'm even like kind of writing again and trying to get back into my own, you know, maybe I'm going to come out with an album at some point, let, you know, wouldn't that be crazy? So, I mean, so I'm trying to get back into my own lane and do what I do, you know? 
Man, you doing it, bro. You ain't trying. You take trying out the vocab. You doing that I'm shit, doing it. man. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, but uh, man, I'm I'm stoked you're gonna use my beat though. That's that's dope. I, I, and I'm gonna be honest with you. See, my first instinct was I'm finna write to all this shit. <laughs> but see, like I wanna like like I said, this is my very first official project. I'm using all official shit. You know what I'm saying? And they, I want this to be perfect. And I don't know, man. That beat it just fit perfect for for it, it's perfect for the overall sound. And I like every time, every time I listen to that beat, I'm like, man, I, I always put me in that groove every time. It's like, oh man, they gonna love this one. That's Hell a yeah. that's a that's a universal track right there, brother. Appreciate I that. So you just moved back to Chicago five years ago. You lived up here the whole time? Man, I, I was up there, man. I was under I was under the radar, man. You know, like um I kind of put music in the back burner for a while, you know, I had to get myself right mentally and physically, you know. Uh I had it was one point in time. I mean, I ain't ashamed to talk about it. I, at one point in time, I was actually homeless out there. You know what I'm saying? Like for oh, like damn. a year, trying to get myself right. Like, and if I had to be honest, it was by choice. I could have been moved back, came back home to my mom's, get my head right and everything. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it was the pride in me just told me to do it because I I need to live to learn. I need to yeah. know. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I had I was at a low point out there. You know what I'm saying? But I definitely. Bounce back quick, cause it ain't meant for me to stay down there, man. I'm, I'm a king. Yeah. Should no king be feeling like a peasant, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, like real shit, man. So I, I came a long way, bro. You know, you, me you coming did, back man. home. Me coming back home, I felt like it was needed. I came yep. here to just, you know, be around family, and I got comfortable. So before I knew it, I ended up, you know what? Let me set up shock here, man. So I got a nice ass fucking three bedroom, two bathroom here, just me. That's you know what's what I'm I like peace and sanity, brother. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah, I can even tell, bro. I mean, just in just in this conversation, I mean, I feel like I mean, we've talked many times, but like this is the most I feel like we've talked talked. You know, like in, oh, like Christ. like you were always like just super quiet and timid back in the day. That was me. I, I was observing. I spoke and I spoken to. You know, we probably laugh and bullshit here and there, but it was always like mild small talk. You know what I mean? Right. That's really what it was. Yep. Um, yeah. But I mean, I can even tell, man, I mean, even like your confidence, your presence is just, it's different, man. It's like, it's new. It's, it's, it's like the real you, like, I'm proud of you, man. Like, I, I'm happy to see that. Likewise, my brother, likewise, man. And like I said, man, all I, my whole motto, man, just stay productive and positive, man. You know, shit don't get hard and everything, shit don't happen overnight, but don't give up on yourself and, Knowing and understanding your self-worth, that's yep. a necessity. necessity. That is definitely a necessity, man. You Facts. know what I'm saying? And once I understood that shit, man, like, I feel unstoppable, bro. That's I, I'm up. just, I'm just keep elevating, man. I'll keep elevating, man. And I, and I wish the same to you, brother. I'm proud of what you're doing, my boy. This is fucking amazing. The funny thing, I just watched the first two episodes before I even, before I chimed in with oh, you, yeah. man. I like this shit, man. I, I really like it because you kind of getting in tune. I feel like your guest is getting it. You getting insight of them as well as despite this is your podcast and you know you're doing an interview, but outside looking in, you still get insight of who you are as well. You know what yep. I'm saying? That shit dope, bro. That's, it's fucking dope, fam. And sometimes, like, 
for some people, they might not be that well, that great at communicating in person. So to have a platform to just do your fucking thing, man. Yep. Great. No doubt. This shit's great, bro. I appreciate no that. I'm, Hell yeah. I'm definitely subscribed, brother. I'm definitely tuned in, man. I appreciate that. And keep that. doing it, man. I feel like I feel like as you creative, bro, you gotta you gotta both state of mind. And I say that and I say that with 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 the utmost respect because believe it or not, we all wanna be bosses, but in our reality, we're all we all can't be bosses. If some of us have roles, you if you are meant to be a worker. Yeah. Sad but true. Everybody everybody can't lead, bro. Everything you've been doing under your brand, you've been leading. That's some bullshit. Real yep. talk, bro. So I salute you for that, my boy. So anytime you ever feel like you're doubting yourself again, just remember your fucking accomplishments, man. Because despite you might not feel like you not got you ain't getting nowhere with your record label, how many other people you could say they release multiple albums under they under a fucking record label, bro? Not too many. Oh, I don't know none. I don't know too many. Not not the number you just said at all. Yeah. That's I, I real do, talk. I know a few, but I mean, yeah, not not a lot. That's what I'm saying, bro. You've been you doing boss moves already, so it's only gonna get better from here, bro. For real. Facts. I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. Cause I, I don't I don't hear that stuff often, man. I mean that that stuff I have to like generate myself. That stuff I have to like tell myself. That stuff I have to like remind myself of. So I don't I don't often hear people say it in the way that you just said it. So man, I really appreciate that. That's real, bro. Like I said, man, I'm very I always been observing. I pay attention to even the smallest details. And it's like throughout the years of me doing the music and living in Minnesota, I've met some amazingly dope people, man. And that and you happen to be one of those dope people, man. Like anybody that know me that remember this face throughout the journeys of doing music from 06 to 2012, or even me just coming through your house party. Showing love. If you know me, if you only know me because of C4, if you know me because of my music, if you know me because you just ran into me in the streets, I, this is me just spreading love, saying I'm live and well, and I appreciate y'all, and I still love y'all out there. I got family. Minnesota will always be my second home, man. Yeah, no doubt. I ain't no if and bust about that. No doubt. Damn, that's what's up. I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I really didn't realize even like like when you, we were talking earlier about um just how much of a, a impact i had on you like even like you remembering that song and like the different things that we did in the studio and stuff like that i had no idea like you really you know remembered all that man bro it is it, it's, it's crazy because like i said me coming back i for keep in mind i'm coming from chicago i never performed out here in chicago the first time i actually performed in chicago i was 25 i came back home and I did, I had through a big ass birthday bash and I performed for my friends and family I had for the first time. That shit was live. Lit, I ain't even think I was gonna bring that many people. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. Um, but out there was the first time I really got in tune with music from recording to performing to just networking in general. And you were definitely one of the very first artists that gave that, like I said, I've introduced consider backpack hip hop. I've introduced to a completely different sound. And I, I and one thing that I'm big on when it comes to artistry is originality. Yeah. You ain't sound you ain't sound like nobody still to this day. That's what's crazy. Still to this day, I haven't heard no other artistry sounding nowhere close to the type of music you was producing compared to 
when open mic was big back then when we was doing that shit. Like depending on what the location did open mic, prime example. If we go to the Red Sea, I'm more likely to find here group. Uh, I'm I'm hear multiple artists that sound like a spinoff Lil Wayne, a spinoff Jeezy, a spinoff Rick Ross. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you, which made it so easy for you to pinpoint those artists that sounded like themselves. That's yep. why it was easy to pinpoint you, bro. I don't know what the fuck it is about that song, but that first line. I still remember to this day. I feel like you had a backpack on and everything, bro. You had you were swag the fuck out. I probably did. I don't even remember, man. Uh, I mean, that it was probably at like uh, <laughs> probably at like Dinky Town or something. I performed that shit, right? That's exactly where it was at at yep. Dinky Town. Yep. yep. Man, Dinky that might have been the same shit, show bro. that I was telling you that idea was at, and I performed it in front of him. That might even been been that same show because we only i want to say we, we we only performed that song like not even a handful of times like i don't remember but like people liked it i don't remember why it didn't end up um happening because i was in a group with that dude that dude matt at the time because right. that, that's who i did the song with but him and i right. kind of had a falling out so like we, we were like up and down always so um, I think that's why it never really ended up coming out and stuff like that because we never really like had our group solidified and all that stuff. But man, that's crazy. It's crazy. I remember that too, man. And and it, it was even crazier that you mentioned Dinky Town, man. That was the fucking spot, bro. Yep. Dinky Town was, was the spot, man. Damn. Yep. I, I man, both times that we did shows, that was fucking ridiculous, man. It was yep. over. I love that shit, man. It was always packed, man. I mean, like always popping at almost every show that I went and countless shows. I, at the time, I didn't have a driver's license either, so I could just get as drunk as I possibly like wanted. Like, so I would just get like shit faced and just like see some of the dopest, you know, rappers. And it was just like the funnest times yeah. in my early twenties, you know. And yeah, man, uh, and that was it was crazy when that that venue shut down because I was recording Mr. Nice Guy at the time, my album, mm-hmm. and Mingy had told me I, I think he told me like as we were like in the studio at Jake's house, like man, Dinky Towner just shut down. I'm like, what? Like it just like threw me for a loop. And then uh, I finished uh, Mr. Nice Guy, and I can't remember the timeline, but Mingy had lived out in Austin, Texas for a little while. And I think he, I want to say he moved out there right after we finished Mr. Nice Guy. So I think he was living out there, but he had, he used to run sound at this place called Trocadero's. I don't know if you ever went there. I remember that name. Wow. Yep. Get yep. the fuck out of It was of a here. bigger wow. venue. We opened for Tech yeah. 9 at, at Trocadero's. Yep. Yep. Um, and, but I had, he had, he had got me my release party there. For Mr. Nice Guy, and that was about to be a huge show because, uh, I mean, it was I can't remember how you many flyers. You you printed out flyers for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, tons. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I printed out like at least at least two hundred, if not more. Yeah, I um, remember that. And they were like nice, like postcard, um, ones, like super, like you know, nice ones. And so Mingi is like in the airport. I want to say about to fly back and he calls me and he's like bro i'm like on my way back but trocadero's just shut its doors and i'm like what and he's like yeah man 
He's like, they they put a sign on the door, didn't tell anybody. They just, like, people came to work, and it was shut down. And Michael Jackson died in, like, the same – I can't remember the exact timeline, but in the same week. So, you know, Michael Jackson is, like, one of my favorite artists of all time. So that week was just devastating for me. But if that wouldn't have happened, I don't think I would have ever gotten into booking shows because – I, I didn't have a venue to do my release party, so I was like looking at all these different options. And you know, Mingi, like it was only he was coming back anyway, so he came back, but he was only going to be back for like maybe a week, so he couldn't really help me set up any other shows. So I right. had to like kind of s- scramble and look for other venues, and I emailed like every venue, and I finally, you know, ended up booking my first show as my release party myself, and I had to put, like, a deposit down and everything, and that was, like, my first experience, and that went well. I mean, I think I we did, like, at least, there was at least, like, 200 people in there, I think. That's great. Um, That's great. So that was, it was crazy. They don't realize how, how much of an accomplishment something like that is for a local artist, man. Yep. 200 people, that's yep. great. Yeah, it was it was huge, man. Um, so yeah, if it weren't for that, I don't think I ever would have like, you know, had the idea to really be a show promoter or like, you know, even start my record label because that the the shows were a big part of the record label, you know. So right. I, and I never really thought about that aspect of like, you know, putting two and two together. If I would have never, if that venue wouldn't have shut down, I would have never probably done that. So that's I just realized that right now. It's crazy. It's crazy you even mention that venue, man. I haven't heard that name in a while. Like, I think uh, the show that that pre-release party we did in 2009 was we was one of the last shows at Dinky Town before it closed up. I feel like uh, you're probably right. Show, I feel like it was the show the day after, and Carnage was performing. Yeah, that was the first time I seen Carnage perform too at the Dinky Town. That dude was pretty dope, man. Yeah, Carnage is crazy. Dope, He's man. still doing his thing too. I saw that man. He he buzzing buzzing yep. out here, man. Like that dude was he's really dope. And you know what? I would say this actually about Carnage. Shout out to Carnage. He was one of the first artists I met in person that was animated. He's extremely yep. fucking animated, bro. And I, I ain't understand it at first. Back then, I'm like, why the fuck he acting like that? But it's character. It's character. That yep. shit's great, man. And That's you probably great, man. I don't remember. The- back when he started this but now like you know he's really good at beatboxing like that's like a big part of what he does so really? he he has a loop pedal now on stage with him so he'll he'll like make his own beats like as he's like performing so he'll like you know do a little beat or whatever with his mouth and then he'll like add to the beat and do all these crazy sounds and then he'll just bust into his his rhymes like uh, on top of the beat that he just like constructed with his loop pedal that that dude is incredible man and he's like he's been going I, I for, like since like while, the nineties. I think like since the mid nineties, and he's still. I don't think he's ever slowed down. And he's going. And he's going hard, and you know that just shows that. See, he's been doing it for so long that you can't do nothing but take your head off to him. That's full throttle independency right there, man. Everybody yep. be looking for that quick hand belt. That's why. So that's why you got a lot of artists getting caught up in these three sixty deals, man. We living in modern society now, like. It's the perfect time to be independent. You got all these platforms now yep. to be independent. Back then, we, back then, I, I say like back in 06, out of 10 people 
in the room, maybe three of them in there that was probably like full time, like heavy in being an artist, mm-hmm. where the rest of them was like just the entourage or what have you. Yep. Now we now we go in that same room today and ten dudes, nine of the as it's an artist in some type of way, and nine out of ten that last one he's affiliated somehow, some way. Yeah. So it's like it, it's, it became that much more saturated, yep. which is why originality is a necessity. Yep. That's what I, that's why I said that's why I said what I said to you, bro. Even though here in 2021. Your style is your brand, bro. That's still your style. Cause I never heard, I never heard no music like yours, bro. And I ain't gonna say and say like like yours, like as far as like your sound, how your way of creating your music, how you even rapping, your format of bars. I haven't heard shit like that before, fam. You know what I'm saying? So I remember everything. I remember everything. I remember it's a lot of artists in Minnesota. I still have a name. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm, you know the crazy thing about it. I guarantee you, I could name all these artists and half of them probably don't even remember me. Despite we was bust, we making some noise out there. Right. Half, half of them probably don't even remember me. And it's okay because yep. I want to catch I want to catch you now anyway. Yep. I man. like I don't uh, people I don't think a lot, man. The shit I got right now, man. Oh my God. I can't wait to collaborate with you and I can't wait to see uh, your clothing brand pop off, and uh, I can't wait to see what 2021 and beyond has in store for you, bro. Keep pushing the nice guy entertainment, bro. You got a subscriber right here. I'm heavy in tune. Any way I can help expand the brand, bro, holla at your boy. I'm always traveling to Minnesota, so I'm always on the go, man. So keep doing your thing. I appreciate you for blessing me, man, uh, on, your, on your platform. It's an honor to be here, you know. Like I said, Mr. Hughes live and well. I got some big shit in the store for for everybody, man. So thank you again, bro. I appreciate this shit. This shit was dope as fuck, man. Hell yeah, you're dope, man. I appreciate you. Have a great night, bro. Thank you. Likewise, my boy. I let you.